gym like wound up this morning. Anybody wound up? Like I really am. I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Y'all are clapping like you know what I mean. I don't know. I'm a little bit like I've got. It's funny because you get into a series and you start preaching on it, teaching on it, and then that stuff starts happening to you at expanded levels, right? It just starts to really get to you. And so uh, this morning in our, our hack, our life hack series, what we're going to hack this morning is it's funny because it's a subject I really have never, I've been really transparent with you. I can be very vulnerable many times. This is not something that in my life has been an extreme challenge. This morning's hack is not something, but I know that it is for a lot of people. And so when I even get into it in a minute, you're going to be somewhat like me, probably, some of you, and dismissive. Well, that's for somebody else today. I don't know if that's me. Because in your life. But the more I got into it, the more I was studying, the more I found I identified inside of it the challenges that it presented. So I'm really excited about it this morning because... Even this morning, and things are happening and going on around us, <clears throat> I can see how this thing would even come against each one of us. It just comes cloaked in mystery sometimes and not as, not as apparent, not as out there and in front of you. But before we dive in this morning, I want to have a little bit of fun because we are in this great series. I got to tell you, the ladies had a phenomenal time at the women's retreat. Come on, ladies. Dude, you should be so proud of your wives. We just... Love them so much. We honor Pastor Tara and her team for putting together a phenomenal women's retreat. I just got great reports, and people were sending me texts and videos and pics and just uh, just testimonies and just telling me how great it was and how much fun they had. And just a, I, I, Tara and I even have, haven't even been on set, sit down yet and even unpack it. I just know because of what I've seen and heard from others and, and little bits that she's given me, but I, I haven't even been able to just, like, Get her. We've just been on the go since she came home yesterday. But an amazing thing happened there. As the 32 or so women went to this retreat, they, they are at the beach, and they decided to have water baptisms. And I just thought, how great is that? And, you know, it's funny because one of the very first times I ever baptized somebody was in the Gulf of Mexico at Pensacola Beach. One of my roommates, we were in, in school together, and he was like, I've never been baptized. And I was like, let's go to the beach. I'll take any reason, excuse at all, to go to the beach. And so we went to the beach and had baptisms, and then we had fun. Although baptisms are fun, so we had fun baptizing, and then we had other kind of fun. I just am amazed at how God is doing great things, and I love being to be a part of it, getting to be a part of it, and watching what he's doing. I want you to check out this video, because I think it will inspire you, it will encourage you, and it will show you the amazing thing God did this weekend at our ladies' retreat.
told you you'd be inspired by it. If you're new and you're like, why are they clapping so much? Because we celebrate when God's doing amazing things and every time it happens in somebody's lives, not just corporately, but individually and personally as well. We love seeing people go forward with their faith. We love seeing people make a, a, a decision for water baptism because of new beginnings. Because somebody just said, you know what, that's the old me, here's the new me, and I'm leaving it behind. Whatever the reason was, whatever the heart behind it was, we celebrate because God is doing something. Because our mission here is to see people move from where they are to where he wants them to be. And it is one step of the way, one step each time, and we love seeing God do that in their lives. Hey, take a moment and jump with me to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. As we get to the, as you're looking for that, let me kind of catch you up on the series we've been in. This is week number four. In week one of, hack, of Life Hacks, we hack control with surrender. A hack is a clever way to solve a complicated issue. So it, it, we, we, we take these silly little hacks and we say, these are clever ways to solve complicated, challenging issues in life. And if you have a challenge with control, we said the way to hack control is through surrender. In week number two, we said the way to hack calling is with acceptance. And last week, we talked about hacking pain with purpose. If you're like intrigued by these, you can go back and watch them on our, our YouTube channel. You can even start podcasting now on iTunes or Spotify. If you want only the audio, we have a podcast up thanks to our amazing media team that has done that for us as well. Come on, put your hands together. But this morning, we are going to hack this one thing called Worry. Worry. There's a lot of different challenging things that we could have hacked this morning. I, I told Pastor Brennan, I said, we may bring this series back around later because I feel like I just want to keep hacking away. Like I just want to keep on knocking things out because I feel like it's so effective in putting into language these things that are challenging us and yet the solution. Problem, solution. Problem, solution. Problem, solution. If you have trouble with worry this morning, and if you're like me and you're like, well, maybe, I don't know, I'm, not, I'm just not a worrisome person, but I know some of you are, but I found there are areas of my life I do find worry in. So somebody might generally be a worrisome person, but then others of you have that one thing that if you're triggered, you worry. It might be your finances. It might be money. That everything is good. As long as there's money in the bank, as long as the check is coming in, as long as you can feed your kids, as long as you can take care of your spouse, as long as you have a job, everything else will work out. You can jump out of a plane. You ain't worried about it. But pull the plug on that resource. It might be kids. Maybe you find your worry in your kids. Maybe you find your worry in politics. Who is going to be elected next? It got quiet, right? Like, <laughs> you can't even, it like, some of y'all just worry too much. Turn the news off. I mean, be caught up, be up to date, yes, but don't listen to the point that it overwhelms you with worry. Well, what are we going to do if this one gets elected, if that one gets elected, if this gets passed? Jesus doesn't reign by election. Worried about my health. Some of these are valid. I'm not saying they're not valid things to be concerned with. Worried about my future. 
worried about tomorrow. So this morning, I want to read a couple of scriptures, and I kind of want to hack through what this looks like. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 says this, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all of your anxiety, your worries, your cares, your concerns on him. Because he cares for you. Be alert, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I love that we have this picture and this model from Peter because Peter shoots really straight and gets straight to the point. I want to jump back real quick and then we're going to pray and dive into this. I want to jump back to Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5. This is a very popular scripture. A lot of people know this. If you see people graduating from high school or college, they use this. If you see somebody in different areas and seasons of their life, they know this. Many of you have put this scripture to memory, and you can recite it. You can almost say it with me as I'm reading it this morning. It says, trust, say trust, in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and your paths will be made straight. Let me read verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, turn away from evil. And look at what happens when you do. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment or medicine, in another translation, to your bones. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning for what you're doing in this place. God, we thank you for being so powerful, so strong, so mighty. God, we thank you for being so good towards each one of us. God, we thank you this morning that you are changing us in such a kind, loving way. We receive your grace. Now open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to see, to hear, and to experience you like we never have before. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? I would describe myself as a carefully careless person. Carefully careless. There's not a lot of things that I'm worried about in life. There's not a lot of things that I don't find challenging to do in life. That's why hacks really amaze me, because I'm willing to take a chance. Some of y'all, when we talk about these hacks, like the, as simple as they might be, are very concerned and very worried that, well, I, I just don't know. Like, that doesn't seem to be something that I, it, what if it doesn't work? Like, some of y'all are very concerned that the hack may not even be something you want to attempt or try because the challenge it may come with it. Let me, let me give you this one. This is a, this is a real neat hack. And, and it doesn't, okay, I'm going to be real honest with you. It doesn't always work for me. You ever have a hack that doesn't always work? How many of y'all have iPhones? Hold up, hold up, if you have an iPhone. If you have a Droid, just, you can go get coffee. All right. <laughs> if you have an iPhone, did you know they have a, see, I had to start making fun of Droids because I was making fun of cats and people were leaving. So I'm, I'm over at Androids right now, but don't leave, please. We'll move you from where you are to where you need to be. Do you know that the iPhone has a secret button? How many of y'all know? The iPhone has a secret button. Two. 
There is a secret button hidden on the iPhone. Okay, that's the front. Turn your phone around. On the back, there is a secret button. You can ascribe this button to do many things. It can turn on the camera. It can tell you the weather. It can open up messaging. It can do just about anything you want, all with the tap of a button. That little Apple sign right there is actually a button that if you tap it, see, it told you it doesn't always work for me. I have it set so my flashlight will come on. You can go into your settings and hack your phone so if you want a quick fix, it, some of y'all are not even going to be listening the rest of the service. You didn't even know. I'm telling you, Tara taught me this. And I'm probably not even doing it right right now. I knew it was going to fail, so I had to set it up that it may fail. But if you tap that little, you're like, is he lying? Is he telling the truth? It is the truth. I'm going to. Yeah, so anyway, I got another hack for you. This is an even better hack. This one's guaranteed to work. This one's guaranteed to work. So Brent told me, and many of y'all told me about hacks. I love it. I love it because I'm like moving along with my life. So one week on the way out of church, Brent told me about this amazing hack. He said, I wear Hey Dudes. That's all I wear. I just wear Hey Dudes everywhere I go. I mean, y'all enjoy Hey Dudes. So he's like, I wear Hey Dudes. He said, here's how you hack Hey Dudes, because this is very important to me. Because I had a problem. If you have a problem where you wear them so long, and then all of a sudden, like, you don't know what to do with the socks, because then they, and you wear them, and they get all nasty, and they just get disgusting and gross. He said, the hack is simply this. You take the shoe, and you take the sole out, and you put a no-show sock on the sole, and then you put it back inside the shoe. I wish I had known about this when I was wearing Tom's years ago, <laughs> but I didn't. And I thought, that was an amazing hack. You take the, they take the sock off once a week, once a day, whatever you want, throw it in the wash, clean it, put it back on, and now you can wear a sockless shoe that does not get nasty and sweaty and gross. I know. That's, I told you, his hack's better than mine. See? Now... On top of that, I need a lady that wears a size 8. Anyone lady here wear a size 8 that would like a pair of shoes? Come on. Come on. Oh, we had two of them. That's the first hand I saw. Come on. There you are. And there's a pair of socks in there, too. Enjoy those shoes. I just love being able to do different things with life through hacks. I love being able to get through life. But oftentimes, worry will keep us and prevent us from even expanding if I can attempt to do that hack. Like, I could have been so worried, man, it's not going to work. I'm just not going to try it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to keep going for it. I'm not going to try it because I might embarrass myself. I might look silly in front of everybody. I got to know that it's a guarantee that it's going to happen. And worry will keep you from that. Worry will prevent you from that. Worry will hold you back. Worry is that thing that gets in the way of you getting somewhere. I remember, see, I, I, I told you I can be carefully careless. And so I will ride just about any ride in the world. You ever go on YouTube and you see these mountain roller coasters in the middle of nowhere? Or those huge, like, water slides in other countries where they don't have regulations and they're inverted and they... I look at them, I'm like, yes. So I didn't know this about some people. They don't look at those things and think, yes. And my wife is one of those people. My middle son is one of those people. Frankie will ride anything with me. Luca will not. This week, Luca had to take some medicine, and he gets himself into such a state 
where he loses his mind before he's actually put the eardrops in or the eye drops in or had anything done. You know this with your kids. Like some of them are just like no problem and others are so worried they can't even find the relief because the worry is greater than the actual event happening. Tara and I rode one of these rides one time. I finally talked her into it. I got her to do it and just go, and it was amazing. I loved it. My hands were up. I look over, and she was frozen, holding, and, just, and I just, ah, oh, I, I got off the ride. I was like, that's the best. We ought to do that again. She looked at me and said, I will never do that again in my life. Hacking worry is super important. It's, I cannot let you know how important it is to what God wants to do in your life. And we get to this place where we I don't know, I, I want to I move forward with my life. I want to make sure I am. I want to keep going with life. I want to know that this is what God wants me to do. And we oftentimes allow it to even hold us up and pause us. And we worry about what might happen too many times. Joyce Meyer says, worry is a down payment on a problem you may never have. See, the word, the etymology of the word worry is actually, the, etym- the root word is strangle. That as you worry, you're actually allowing something to strangle you and take the life out of you. It's amazing when you think about it, that the more I worry, the more I feel out of breath. The more I feel constricted, the more I feel reduced. Let me give you a couple thoughts here. Because this is what worry does. Worry will negatively affect you in these ways. Mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. Worry hits you on all levels. Worry is not just, well, it's a, it's a challenge that I have, and so it kind of gets me here. No, worry hits you mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Jesus spoke against worry. Peter spoke against worry. Solomon spoke against worry. The Bible is full of helpful hints and hacks on how to overcome worry. Why? Because, number one, worry will paralyze you. It'll keep you afraid to take the next step, afraid to move forward. Worried is worried about it. Maybe it's the wrong move. It'll paralyze you. I'm, I'm worried about what they'll think of me if I do that. Worried about what they'll think of me if I say that. Worry will paralyze you and keep you static. Worry will prevent you. Number two, worry will prevent you from doing what God has called you to do, created you to do. I know someone who has never had kids. Very discouraging story. Never had kids because they were worried, one, they might treat their kids the way that they were treated by their parents. Two, they didn't know how the kids would turn out and be a reflection upon them. And three, if they had those kids, they might lose them. Those three worries kept that couple from ever having children at all. Sixty-some years old now, no legacy, no grandchildren because of worry. Worry will prevent you from, from being in life what God has created you to be. Number three, worry will plague you. I told you it'll affect your body physically. WebMD, in a quick Google study, says excessive worry can cause dizziness, fast heartbeat, headaches, 
fatigue, difficulty swallowing, irritability. In a more serious case, worry can suppress the immune system, create memory loss, give you digestive disorders, give you heart disease, and even heart attack. All because of worry. Because worry hits you emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. It attacks you in all areas of your body and wants your life. So what is the hack? So how do we get through worry? How do we overcome worry? How do we beat worry? How do we live free of worry? I'll tell you, it's one simple word. We hack worry with trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. With Pastor Brandon and Lori, can you come up here for a second? Give me a hand. This is a very unrehearsed illustration right now. Illustration. Ready? Watch this. Uh, Pastor Lori, just stand right here. There's a black dot. Stand on that dot. Ready? Hold your hand out like this. Dear God, here we go. Hold your hand out. Ready? Like you're praying for me. At, towards me now, right here. Here we go. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. Is he helping you? I feel three hands. Oh, yeah. No, no, you leave it alone. This is an illustration. Thank you. Lean not. See, I don't have the faith. I feel like I'm wobbling. This is what we do. This is what we do. I'm leaning on my own understanding. I don't believe. I don't know for sure. I haven't seen it with my eyes. What I have seen is this man stronger than me. I can lean right now. I can, I, can, I, can, I can lean way back. I can trust him a lot. I can lean on God in such ways because I know God will hold me up. Thank you very much. Come on, put your hands together. God will hold you up. So what happens is, is I get to this place in life where I, if I can see God has done it before, maybe then I can, I can give it that lean. But man. If you want me to walk by faith and not by sight, if you want me to walk by what I'm seeing, lean not on your own. See, my understanding is if I give God my time, man, what time do I have for myself? If I give God of my service, who's going to serve me? If I give God of my resources, how are we going to get through your own understanding tells you giving God tithes 10% doesn't make sense at all. But when you lean on God with your resources and trust him, when you trust in your own understanding, you'll logically get to a place every time it doesn't make sense. But if you'll lean on God by trusting in him, how? With all of your heart. That's a challenge. I'll trust God with some of my heart, but all of it? All of it? Many of us, you've heard me say it before, will trust God with our future, but we can't trust him with our finances. I will die one day on this earth and trust God that the moment I close my eyes, I'll forever be in his presence in heaven, in paradise, in eternity. But I can't trust God with 100 bucks, with 10%, with $1,000. 
And which is greater? Something temporary here that will burn one day or something that forever I go, man, that is reality. This is just temporary. This has got me 60, 70, 80, 90 years. But that, that's forever. And you can't even wrap your mind around infinite because it goes in loops. And you get dizzy. Because you're leaning on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. But we worry. We worry about this right now. We worry about this so much. So Peter tells us, here's the way. Here's the way to hack it. It's trust. And in verse 6 he said, humble yourselves before the Lord under God's mighty hand. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Number one. Trust starts with humility. Trust starts with humility. But hear me, the waters are going to get rough here for a second. Seatbelt on. Only God, only you can humble you. God will allow things to come into your life to humble you, but only you can take that step to humble yourself. Only you can bow your knee. Only you can bend your knee. Only you will do what it takes to bow your heart and say, I'm humbled before you. All of life, we've all seen somebody. All of life is falling apart. And what do they do? Stay proud. Holding it on. For what? You've lost everything. And I've heard people say, I'll lose everything but my pride. And God is going, would you please humble yourself? Because if you will humble yourself under my, my mighty hand, I will lift you up. Trusting begins with humility because pride says, I'm in charge I know what's best. I know the way. I want to remain in control. Week number one. And humility says, God, I submit to you. I surrender to your plan. I'll let you be Lord of all. But the problem is, some of us have trust issues. Trust issues. Because somebody has done something. Somewhere something happened to us and occurred to us, and it, when it did, it messed with us to the point that we have a problem trusting somebody. See, worry is this. It's owning problems bigger than God ever intended for us to own. Some of us, we have these challenges. This pride gets in the way. But sometimes it's not always pride. Let me create some space here. Because some of us have some legit trust issues. Some of you have some legit trust issues that came from low self-esteem, past betrayals, mental health disorders, adverse child experiences, and traumatic events. So no matter whether you learned trust issues because of trauma or you developed trust issues because of pride, either way, the scripture in verse 6 is very encouraging. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up under his mighty hand. Let me ask you this. Is there any better place to be in the world than under the hand of God? You walk up to a mom or a dad, mess with that kid, and their hand is over them, covering them on their shoulder, rested on their head. That's a sign of that if you mess with that child, you're messing with the parent. So how do you think it is that we approach a scripture and go, well, that just looks mean and ugly. That God's saying, I'm under his hand. He's pressing me down. He's causing me to. No, no. God's saying, that's the safest place for you to be. But it takes humility to walk to that place. It takes humility to get to that place and stay in that place. Because everything inside of me wants to bolt. 
run, leave. I got this, God. I'm on my own. I'll figure it out myself. And we do this with partial hearts all the time. God, I need you to fix my marriage. Look, it's falling apart. I'm under your hand. I'm submitted. But I got the kids. I don't need your help with the kids. The kids don't need to go to church every weekend. The kids don't need to be in service all the time. The kids don't need me to pray with them at night. The kids, we divide our heart, and yet he told us, with all of your heart, trust in the Lord. Let me give you a couple quick ways you can identify trust issues. You avoid commitments. You'd rather stay on the outside than let somebody come close to you. You focus on the negative. People in trusting relationships see the positive. People with trust issues see the negative. You feel like you don't have to do everything. You have a hard time relying on people. You, like to, you have a hard time delegating work. You feel like you have to do everything because you don't trust somebody else can get the job done. You hold grudges to the point that you can't trust someone who hasn't even hurt you. And this is one of the biggest challenges of coming out of a, a marriage that was lost is you have been hurt and harmed sometimes of no account of your own and yet you'll hold the next person in the next relationship accountable for what somebody else has done. Trust issue. You avoid intimacy. Intimacy requires vulnerability, but you can't trust that you can open up to anybody or to the person closest to you. And ironically, you find yourself with toxic people you date them, you befriend them, you hang out with them, and it turns out they only take advantage of you, and the cycle starts over again. So what do you do? You choose to trust in a God who cares so you can trust him with all of your cares. I said you choose to trust in a God who cares so you trust him with all of your cares. Verse 7, Peter said, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for and I love this thought. Peter said, cast all of your cares. Peter was a fisherman. Remember, before he was a disciple, he was a fisherman. So he understood what casting was. Grab the net and strategically throw it at a target where I believe fish to be. Grab the net and strategically aim it and throw it Cast it towards what I think is a solution to the problem I have right now. I have an empty net. I need a full net. So I'm going to cast it in that direction. Too many people do not believe they can come to God and cast all their cares on him. You think your prayer has to be holified, righteous. You think you have to get all the verbiage just right before you pray. I need a God. I want to serve a God who can handle me when I'm great and when I'm not so great. So I can just cast away, casting all of my cares. And sometimes they're concerns and rightfully land, and sometimes they're things that I've exaggerated and embellished, and he needs to straighten them out for me. But Peter is saying, hey, cast it upon him. You're mad, you're angry, you're frustrated, cast it. You're depressed, you're discouraged, you're upset, cast it. God wants to know the concerns of your heart. You need to have a God who cares for you so you can cast your cares upon him. But you've cast it upon somebody else and they laughed at you. 
You cast your concerns on somebody else and they forgot about you. You cast your concerns on somebody else and they neglected you. They disowned you. They took advantage of you. You told them how much hurt. And they turned that back around on you. And so now you have a trust issue. Can I really cast this upon him? Because I can't even see him. Cast all your cares upon him. Peter reinforces it, for he cares for you. Number two, be alert. Start with trust. Start with humility. Number two, be alert. Be alert and sober-minded. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to devour. In the ancient world, many of the listeners, many of the people were either shepherds or they related to shepherds. They understood this. So modern day, we might read it like this. Houston, be alert and sober-minded. For your enemy, the hot Houston sun, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking upon who it may scorch. When I moved to Texas, this is what I heard. Be alert and of sober mind. For your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a snake. And they're all poisonous, they're all venomous, and they're all out to get you. And he's looking for you to devour. Some of those are more relatable. Because a lion, well, I mean, I go to the zoo to see a lion. But to that world, they understood shepherds, sheep, and lions. Because the lion had a tactic that if he knew there were some sheep, there's a flock up there, I'm going to attack that flock. Oh, wait a minute, I see a shepherd. So if I attack the flock, the shepherd's going to fight me. And we have stories where the shepherd fought off the lion, and the lion would lose to the shepherd. So instead of the lion gambling and taking the chance on losing to the shepherd, the lion would do something else strategically. He'd get off in a distance, just close enough to be heard, and he would begin to roar. And as he roared out, he was intimidating the sheep, and he was causing them to be shaken, scared, afraid. Worried. Oh, it's my day. Oh, Bob, it's going to be me. I hear the old devil roaring again. Oh, the lion's roaring. He's here for me. I'm going to be lunch. And that sheep, if it stayed in the flock, would be safe. Oh, but if that lion could get to the sheep, if he could get under his skin, if he could get him worried, if he could get him concerned, intimidated, scared, what did that sheep do? He would not stay close to the shepherd, but he would bolt. He'd run. He'd scatter. Oh, I got to fix this on my own. I must run away from the sound of the roar. And as soon as he did, he became lunch. Lamb chops for dinner. And your enemy, the devil, moves around. He knows when you're in a flock, when you're in a church community, when you're in a small group, when you're in a relationship, he can't come in and just attack you one-on-one -on -one because your friends, your pastors, your people that believe in you, the people next to you, those in your family will stand up for you, will pray for you, will hold you. But if he can roar loud, if he can intimidate you, if he can scare you, if he can get you worried, he can get you running. And if he can get you running, he can take you out. So Peter says, hey, hey, hey 
I know you're afraid. I know you can be worried. I know some of these things are legit. I know you have trust issues that weren't even your fault. I know there's things that have happened to you that you have no control over. I know sometimes you just get in your own way, whatever it might be. Listen, the enemy has one thought. He wants to just scare you with worry. He wants to prevent you, plague you, harm you. It's a roaring lion. I'm just afraid. I'm afraid my health might go into remission. I'll lose another marriage, lose another child. I'm afraid this church is is just like all the others. I'm afraid these kids won't be okay. Listen to me, moms and dads. God loves your kids more than you do. Having concern for them, protection for them, security for them, yes. You're stewarding them well. Having worry for them is not scriptural. Thinking that you know better even than God does. Worry to the point that it cripples you and prevents you from even enjoying life. Just know God can take care of your kids better than you can. But he has authorized you to manage them. Another way of parenting is management. I'm managing my kids. I don't want to be worried about my kids. I'm going to hack it with trust that I have a strong shepherd. He is faithful. He is reliable. He is consistent. He is loyal. Number three, write this down. I'll stand firm. I'll be alert. And then I'll stand firm. Verse 9 says, resist him. When he's roaring, resist him. When he's loud, resist him. When he's intimidating, resist him. Standing firm in the faith. What is faith? Trust. Resist him. Standing firm in the trust. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. What a scripture. Your family spiritual family around the world is going through what you're going through. Because worry tells you I'm the only one. I'm isolated. Nobody else thinks this way. Nobody else deals with this. Peter says, no, no, no. There's other people doing it. This is the power of a small group. This is a great place to plug small groups so that you understand somebody else is walking through it too. And if I have to lean on them, I can or they may need to lean on me. Small groups is not always for you to go and be able to have a place for you to land your stuff. Sometimes you need to be the landing spot. Sometimes you need to be the one that somebody else leans upon and you have your hand out going, it's okay. It's okay. We got you. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while. Well, that's encouraging. I'm glad I came to church this morning to find out I'm going to suffer a little while. I'm glad it's not a long time. I'm glad Peter said it was just a little while. It will pass. This season will be over soon. This difficult situation will come to an end. But it does give me hope. Well, where's the hope? Because after you have suffered a little while, he will himself restore you, make you strong, firm, and and steadfast and in order to stand firm you need to trust in what you're standing on in order to stand firm 
you need to be able to trust what you are standing on. Stand with me and I'll tell you this last story. One day a pastor flew around the world. He flew to Calcutta to see Mother Teresa. And he got there. He got an appointment with her after waiting a long time. He walked up to her and she said, Son, how can I pray for you? He said, Pray for me that I would have clarity. She said, I'm not praying for that. That's not why you fly around the world that you want to hear from somebody. And he said, I've spent all this money. He was frustrated. And time. And I've waited to get this appointment to ask you to pray for clarity for me. And you said no. And she said this to him. She said, clarity is the crutch of the Christian. I will not pray for clarity, but I will pray for trust. But pastor, I thought we needed clarity and vision. You do, by faith. If you're waiting to see everything with your natural eyes before you take a step, you're not living by faith. You're not trusting upon him. You're trusting upon your own understanding. Mother Teresa knew this all too well. She said clarity will crutch you, will be something you lean upon if you want it, but you won't get anywhere. But if you really want to move forward with your life, you've got to learn trust. Worried about things, money, worried about jobs, worried about people, worried about church, worried about friends, worried about your future. Can you trust this morning? Can you trust a God that you cannot see with your natural eyes? Remember our verse from last week. We'll close right here. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. You close your eyes with me. I often ask you to close your eyes just for a personal moment to look inside and inspect your own life and evaluate and see, is this something I need to look closer upon? And Do I have places and pockets of worry? Am I a worrisome person? Is there one thing that I get triggered to worry about? But this morning, it's all too great and easy of an illustration to ask you to close your eyes naturally because I want you to look with spiritual eyes. I want you to see I want you to know, can you trust God to move forward when what you're believing for cannot be seen in the natural? God, I pray this morning in this place. God, you are the God of all gods. God, you're the God that makes a way when there is no way. God, you're the God who has determined and declared that my life means something in this world. God, you're the one that called me out of nothing and set my feet on solid ground. You're the one that I can stand firm upon that has made me restored, whole, healthy, and steadfast. God, you're the one that I can look to in the day of trouble. God, you're the one that I can believe in when the world is against me. God, you're the one that I can lean upon when I feel like I'm going to break and fall. God, you're the one that will pick me back up and stand me back on firm ground. God, you're the one that protects me from the lion that walks around roaring, intimidating, creating worry and anxiety and fear and pain and struggle. God, I will submit myself under your mighty hand. 
God, I will stand under you. God, there is no safer place for me to rest than beside you under your hand. Come on, church. Posture yourself this morning under the mighty hand of God. Position yourself this morning under his hand. Tell him right now, God, I will trust in you. God, I will trust in you. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I'll trust. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. I'll trust. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. You never stop, we make we make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, oh, that's who you are, we make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you God, we trust in you. We trust in you. If your eyes are still closed, keep them that way. If they're not open, just close them for a second again. Look back inside. Do not allow pride to stand in the way of identifying a place of worry. Pride will keep you from trusting. Pride will keep you from walking, believing, not worried about nothing. I think each one of us have a place of worry, being really honest. It's hard for me to see it in my life. I don't want to admit it and recognize it and acknowledge it, but it's there. And I fully believe it's for each one of us. So I choose to trust. If you're comfortable, just lift your hands, palms up, as if you're, you're just offering something to God. Just as a sign of surrender, of, you're accepting His grace into your life. Somebody here is trusting that their marriage is about to be over, done, finished. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. You're believing for a child. And the doctor said one report and said something. But I got a guy over my shoulder right here who is a living testimony that he can trust in God. And even though the doctors only said what they saw, there is a God who can make a way where there seems to be no way. And in less than 25 days, we're going to celebrate the birth of a child that doctors said was never possible. Because even when I don't see it, you're working. And even when I don't believe it, you're working. And you never stop. He never stops working for you. You can't run. 
You can't flee. You can't panic. Rest. So God, we trust in you. Let me invite you into this place. This place that's super secure. Super safe. It's a place called salvation. It's a place where when you rest there, you have the full guarantee of forgiveness of God of all of your sins. And he takes all your sin, all your shame, all your guilt, and he throws it away. And he becomes your savior. And you fully trust him. When you die, you'll go to heaven. But it's greater than that. You trust him that while you're on this earth living, life has meaning and purpose, and he wants you to walk in it and live in it. If you want to be in this kind of relationship, you simply step there by trust, by faith, by believing, not by what you see, but by faith. If you lean on your own understanding, salvation does not make sense. But when you trust in the Lord, it's a work he does that you can't do. And you believe him for across this room, those watching online, we're going to pray this prayer across the room. Everybody's going to pray it out loud. And as we do, nothing may change on the outside. You may walk out of here feeling the same, but you've got to believe that on the inside, something has happened. All your sins are forgiven because of faith. So I'm going to invite you to trust in the Lord right now for your salvation. We're going to pray a prayer. You pray it with us. And the prayer of faith will save you. Pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, come into my life and save me from my sins. Forgive me and make me new. I am yours. You are mine. And forever I will live with you. And on this earth I will submit to you and surrender my life and I trust in you. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, put your hand together. Celebrate what God is doing in our lives.